Welcome to Scoop with Steve Football. Hey everyone, happy Sunday and welcome back to another episode of Scoop with Steve Football. I'm your host, Stephen Clinton, an NFL film junkie slash data scientist. You can learn more about my background on my Substack, but right now I'm uh, excited to dive into a couple takeaways on the Kansas City Chiefs as I work through some film review in preparation for the 2023 NFL fantasy and gambling seasons. So, uh, theme of today's show with the Chiefs is uh, with the nostalgia of the first championship uh, from the dynasty gone, uh, have the Chiefs hit exit escape velocity that you know if you're if you're not a uh, familiar with the general concept of escape velocity it's you know just you know out distancing um you know in the case of escape velocity for longevity it's the idea that you could uh, out distance death itself right so you know obviously uh, more of a theoretical concept than anything here for the chiefs but you know the, the point that i'm trying to allude to here is that um you know first first off um you know it's obviously understandable why there's a you know uh, a certain um drive to uh keep a championship uh, team together in the nfl and um you know whenever you have a young quarterback who wins a super bowl you're going to start talking about the team becoming a dynasty right but I, I think that that notion is unfortunately really uh over romanticized and you know of course yeah we would all love to uh to keep everybody together and win multiple championships with the same group and all that but at the end of the day this is the nfl this is not the nba and you're not trying to build you know the chicago bulls or the golden state warriors right you are trying to build um something like the New England Patriots. And I think that if there's a lesson to be taken from the New England dynasty of the past two decades, it's that you kind of, there's basically two ingredients you need, right? You need one transcendent quarterback, which the Chiefs have in Patrick Mahomes, and you need a head coach and GM combination that's going to, you know, have a lot of foresight and be on the cutting edge of, of what's new schematically and tactically in football and who are going to consistently go out and find, you know, great players to put around, uh, you know, your superstar quarterback on the roster because you know the superstar quarterback is ultimately not going to do it alone there are going to need to be other you know superpowers on, on a championship team so if we were to look at new england we could look at the seasons of that offense whether it's the you know the Corey dillon years or moving on to the randy moss years the rob gronkowski years or the or the julian edelman years that that followed you know there were different uh, feels to those teams and they attacked you differently they always had the same quarterback right um, there goes a book um always had the same quarterback but uh you know they continually changed things and it was the same thing over on the defense right like they're the one you know the two i guess real faces of, of the patriots dynasty are, are bill belichick and tom brady you know other people you know had their roles in you know the different sagas of, of that adventure i guess you could say but you know it was it was those two at the core and so if we uh you know take that back to the kansas city chiefs you know obviously the chiefs have been tremendously successful every single season that patrick mahomes has been at the helm but you know if you were to nitpick just a little bit you might say that hey they might have had even more success if they um you know after that first championship hadn't made certain decisions that were driven by that you know desire to bring back bring back the whole crew right you know get get everybody back together and you know ultimately um you know it was uh them reaching a point with with Patrick Mahomes and his contract you know escalating that uh, the Chiefs were finally forced to rip the Band-Aid off and trade Tyree Kill last offseason. And, you know, that ended up, you know, for for all the consternation about whether that was going to completely derail Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs offense, you know, it did the opposite. It kind of, you know, took Mahomes, Mahomes, elevated his game to the next level. You saw him, you know, take steps that are going to allow him to clearly, you know, have his, you know, career 
play out for a long time here because his game is so mature at this point from the pocket and you're continuing to see more and more growth. So I think there's, you know, very little expectation that as his, you know, escapability and able to make some of his magician plays declines that Patrick Mahomes is going to suddenly become an average quarterback. I think that you're seeing him do it uh, from way too high of a level mentally um, to expect a huge drop off. And, you know, all these, you know, quarterbacks who retire, they always say that, you know, well, I, I can still throw the ball. It's, you know, taking the hits and all that stuff. So I think Mahomes, the arm talent, the pocket presence will be there to keep winning. So all that said, you know, how, how do you keep, uh, how do you keep doing that? And I think that the chiefs have, you know, already shown that they've, they've got this thing figured out and that, you know, to build a championship contender around, uh, you know, 45, $50 million quarterback, you are going to have to supplement the rest of the roster with um, effective or with cost-effective uh you know, solid players and and hopefully cost-effective difference makers, right? And, you know, we saw that on defense last year with them, you know, getting everybody from defensive end, George Karloftis, to all the dudes they rolled out in the secondary, you know, the cornerback trio of Isaiah Mc, um, McDuffie, um, Jalen Watson, and then Joshua Williams were all good. Brian Cook at safety, you know, played a ton of reps for them. Um, you know, they've also, you know, sprinkled in some veteran acquisitions, like bringing in a Justin Reed who played really well for them. But at the end of the day, you can't build your team out of veteran contracts and expect to consistently contend for the, the Super Bowl, especially if you're paying the quarterback, right? So it's all those young players that were just so critical to that Kansas City defense. And that's why I talk about them having hit escape velocity now, because as we head into this 2023 season, I don't think there's another team that's really all that uh, that close, to be honest with you. Like I've got, you know, I think Philadelphia is in great shape coming back. I think there's a, no a number of other teams that are in really good shape, but there's nobody I feel as good about, you know, continuing to do what they do as the Kansas City Chiefs. And a big part of that is that because of the way they aggressively turned things over on defense last year and how many young bodies they have there. And, you know, of course, a, a new crop coming in. So if you're taking this approach, I think that, um, you know, obviously a coach is always going to, um, be draft you know an organization is always going to be drafting towards the coach's schemes right but the coach needs to keep evolving the scheme and also when you unearth uh unexpected gems you you don't want to resist that right you want to go with it because ultimately you want to be flexible to what your best players do well and you know if, you, if you're you know just turning down blue chip players that you happen to uh draft in, in what I'm going to get talking about here in, in the second and fifth rounds, I, you know, that's just not a great way to run an NFL organization. And obviously Andy Reid and, and Brett Beach are way too smart for that. So all that said, you know, we'll, we'll see the different seasons of these chiefs teams. And, um, you know, for, for today, I wanted to talk about uh, what I see as one of their core superpowers on, on this current iteration of the chiefs on that won this last championship. I think you would say, obviously Travis Kelsey blue chip tight end. I mean, Travis Kelsey, I don't need to talk about, right. Same thing with Chris Jones. I think that Chris Jones is pretty well established as just an absolute, Absolutely dominant defensive tackle in the NFL at this point you know his length and his wiggle at his size is just it's ridiculous but I think that um you know it, it's the only spot that could go overlooked um on an NFL championship team but you know right now one of the superpowers in Kansas City is absolutely the interior O-line group of Joe Tooney Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey um I'm going to talk about them in that order. Of course, Tooney's the left guard, Greed Humphrey, the center, and Trey Smith, the right guard. So you might make more sense to read them off in that order. But, you know, while Orlando Brown Jr. has uh, is probably the most high-profile offensive lineman who's been on the Chiefs for the past two years, obviously moved on to Cincinnati. I, I mean, Orlando Brown's a, a very good left tackle, but he is not dominant on the level that these three are. And, um, you know, it's absolute joy to watch these guys whenever you pop on Kansas City's film and get to watch that end zone view. So I figured I would uh, just, you know, take a moment to highlight all three of these guys as, uh, as we, uh, you know, talk about the Kansas City Chiefs heading into 2023. And, you know, hey, 
Um, spoiler alert. I mean, this team is going to be right there as a Super Bowl contender, barring, you know, a, a catastrophe that affects either the earth or Patrick Mahomes. And and frankly, with, with the approach that they've taken and, and the foresight that Andy Reid and, and Brett Beach have shown in, in continuing to reshape this team, I think that's going to be true for the next 10 years. So, but let's talk about the uh, 2023 uh, Chiefs. And, and really, this is talking 2021 and 2022 Chiefs as well. But we'll we'll start with the Iron Man, Joe Tooney. And uh, I've got I've got a name for each one of these O line because you know obviously all on the interior you might think all the same but i'd say that all three of these guys bring you know a very distinct flavor to the game so joe tuney let's just first off i want to start with the accolades because they're just ridiculous so uh he played for the patriots for five years from 2016 to 2020 started all 80 regular uh 80 regular season games for new england and um also started every single playoff game for them um a lot of playoff games. They won the Super Bowl in his first year. They lost in the Super Bowl in his second year. They won the Super Bowl in his third year, and then uh, finally sputtered out with a wild card loss in the 2019 playoffs that ended the Tom Brady era. So Joe Tooney played one more year in New England, and you know they don't make the playoffs without uh, Tom Brady. And apparently that was that was enough of you know. I, did that Patriots team go eight and eight with Cam Newton, maybe seven and nine. I, I forget exactly what it was, but you know that that wasn't. That wasn't vibing with Joe Tooney, right? So Joe Tooney moves on to Kansas City, promptly goes on to the AFC title game in 2021, and then wins his third Super Bowl in 2022. So been a pretty good seven years. Um, now, you know, on the downside, Joe Tooney did finally miss uh, some time, uh, missed two games in, in the 2022 season. So now he's, you know, he's only played 128 out of 130 possible games in his NFL career. I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. And it's not as if this guy is just a passive observer on these, you know, championship teams. Joe Tooney is ridiculously efficient doing what he does as a left guard. Um, if, if you pop over to my sub stack, I included some clips of both him and Trey Smith uh, going two for one, getting a defensive lineman um, or a linebacker and then getting out on a secondary player on a slip screen. You know, Trey Smith does it all with a lot more violence. I'll get to him next. But Joe Tooney, I think of him as like, bringing a jujitsu mindset to an NFL field and, you know, in jujitsu, um, one of the basic um, concepts, and I'm by no means a jujitsu expert, I've just taken some beginner courses, but this is something you'll learn very early is that you're trying to use as little energy as possible to so you're essentially trying to uh, accomplish your task in the most efficient way possible. So you know, it's a total opposite of wrestling where you're going balls to the wall. Jujitsu, it might look the same, but once you get down there, like your goal is to, you know, be using as little force as possible, just be efficient, be precise with your movements. And that's what I think of with he's just so precise he's you know he's not some overwhelming physical force of nature out there but you know he's still so effective in the run game so consistent in the pass game and then he's just a very easy mover to get out in the screen game to pull everything like that his hand placement you know i'm not you know obviously the expert in this type of thing but you know if i were to talk about joe Tini, i would just talk about all the consistency in every area of his game and as well as the availability so he's the anchor point he's the highly paid veteran uh the two guys that they brought in and, and this is where you know you get some unexpected gifts in in the nfl sometimes in, in that you know the chiefs ended up drafting trey smith in the fifth round of, of the draft two years ago and then creed humphrey in the second round i'll get the creed humphrey last just because I mean, Creed Humphrey is just something else. So, um, but Trey Smith, um, you know, uh, if Joe Tooney is the Iron Man, Trey Smith is the brute force on this line. I mean, Trey Trey Smith is one of he's on the short list of guys in the NFL with hey, you know, Trent Williams in San Francisco, Tyler Smith in Dallas, um, you know, Wyatt Teller out in Cleveland, and, and Quentin Nelson up in Indianapolis. Um, you know, I think that th those four and, and, and Trey Smith and you know, I, 
don't mean to leave anybody out. You know, there's a lot of great players in the NFL, but I mean, those guys in terms of just manhandling other grown ass men on an NFL field. I mean, it's just remarkable what, what these guys do at times. I mean, the clip I included to Trey Smith, it's him getting out on a slip screen against the Broncos. First, he does whatever that, you know, slap rip down move that Trent Williams has perfected. And obviously my hand movement right there is totally wrong, but uh, that move that Trent Williams has perfected, uh, Trey Smith uses that first on the linebacker to put him down. And it's just a car wreck when he gets to safety, Justin Simmons. And, you know, that's, that's something I would say about Trey Smith's film in general is that he is by far the most noticeable alignment on the Kansas city line, because he's just creating car wrecks, you know, over and over. And uh, as I say, yeah, just the brute force on this line, I would say not as consistent uh, near, as consistent as Tooney really um you know I would say both as a pass protector and in, in the run game just down to down you might not know what you're getting from Trey Smith quite as much as you know from uh Joe Tooney but the the highs and just you know the the mentality and just the raw physicality that Trey Smith brings to an NFL field I mean that more than makes up for you know uh, a, a hiccup or a glitch here or there in, in pass protection um so you know unbelievable um what they're getting out of Trey Smith. And then, you know, but the funny thing is that Creed Humphrey is the best. I mean, Creed Humphrey is just utterly dominant at the center position. Um, I haven't seen anything like him, you know, watching um, the NFL over the, the past several years. Um, like there's, there's just not a, a clean comp that comes to my head. The other super dominant center over this period has been Jason Kelsey, but he's just the, the total opposite of Creed Humphrey, in my opinion. Well, I guess it's opposite as centers can get in the NFL, right? You know, pretty narrow spectrum we're working on here, but you know, Jason Kelsey to me if he's the Aaron Donald of pass rushers where he's able to achieve phenomenal results despite being undersized and, and uses that being that quickness to his advantage Creed Humphrey is like the Vita Bay or the Haloni Nada of, of centers you know he's listed at 6'4 at 304 I, I believe um you know, far be it for me to question those numbers, but body type wise, he reminds me so much of Quentin Nelson in that they're just, <laughs> their shoulders are so broad. They're just, you know, such stout men. And I mean, I would guess that Creed Humphrey plays at 315. Like that would just be my feel. Watch it, looking at the film, looking at what other centers who are listed at 300 look like. You know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe Creed Humphrey is, uh, is right at that number, but you know, I think he's bigger and you're not losing anything in mobility with Creed Humphrey, uh, despite him having that massive size and um he can get out in the screen game um you know he's, he's really good getting down the field and everything like that but i mean he's he's really the only center i've seen who i just feel like can go toe-to-toe with the 335 pound nose tackles in the league like you know i was just watching him play against dj reader um um reviewing uh some of that conference championship game tape and i mean there there's reps where you know dj reader's a 335 pound nose tackle and creed humphrey is just soloing him and he's got one step to get into him and he's still able to get some movement on him and you know it's just something you don't see like really good centers hold their own um, on the reps that they win against CJ reader in the, in the run game. They don't, they're not able to uh, generate force into him. And I, I feel like Reed Humphrey is the rare center who has just the brute force and strength to do that. On top of that, he's just absurdly consistent. Um, just total shutdown center in the middle of that line. Um, you know, I, I remember when he was coming out in the draft that it, apparently he had been just utterly dominant as a freshman at Oklahoma. Um, it was one of those teams with like Baker Mayfield or Kyler Murray, you know, national championship 
uh, type aspirations. Um, and, and then kind of the word was that, you know, the years two and three weren't as good. And then maybe it was just him sort of being bored with the lack of challenge in the college game at that point. And, you know, I can't speak to that. I haven't seen his college film, um, but I can't speak to what he's done in the NFL. And it lines up with that precisely because he, this guy has just been utterly dominant over the past two years. And, um, you know, the idea that he was anything but a, a first round talent in college it, it just kind of blows you away that this guy was available in the second round and that you know hey if I've got this right I think the Packers took Josh Myers right before him and you know that's just the nature of the NFL draft and again why you're going to stumble into these blue chip players sometimes because obviously people you know if if this would have been the consensus grade on Creed Humphrey I think he would have gone you know top 10 even as a center because he I mean he's just that damn good um you know I just think of him as, as a force of nature there and uh, you know it's a ton of fun watching him you know, as a result, you know, to kind of bring this all back together, you know, you see Andy Reid, you know, uh, and obviously Andy Reid's had all a success with, you know, as Mahomes said last offseason, I mean, Andy, Andy Reid offenses have been successful for 20 years stretching back to Philadelphia, right? And they've had all sorts of flavors, all sorts of players. But, you know, I just loved how uh, last season um, or the last two seasons, you know, um, you, you see that interior line be such a huge piece of this team. And then last year, specifically, you bring in seventh round running back Isaiah Pacheco as a power back to go right along with them. And, you know, that ended up being a driving force and, and something that'll be very memorable about this last uh, Kansas City Chiefs championship. So, yeah, you know, honestly, you know, I, I uh, you know, I hate, you know, talking, having anything negative to say about certain teams in July and obviously, you know, just did the Raiders and, you know, didn't, didn't necessarily have great things to say about them, but have nothing to say, but great things to say about um, the chiefs and, you know, where this organization is from a football standpoint, because it's just, I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't be running this thing any better. I don't think, you know, just continuing to cycle players out. You got Mahomes at quarterback. This is the elite group for now. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens in, in the future. Maybe uh, uh, Felix, uh, oh, oh man, I'm going to, I should have practiced before, but uh, yeah, Felix Onzuki Onzari. Ah, man, I'll have that down by the season. Don't worry. But the uh, first round pass rusher they got out of K State, maybe he emerges as the next blue chip player, or maybe it's somebody they took in the third round this year. You know, we just don't know these things. And, um, you know, the important thing is, is recognizing that you're going to need thousands of players uh, to put together the type of dynasty that the, that the New England Patriots put together. And, and I don't say that as any sort of hyperbole. You will need thousands of players. Um, and, and some of them will be there for a week or a day, and some of them will be there for years. Um, but, you know, you just have to keep unearthing great players, and you don't know what rounds of the draft you're going to pick those guys in. Otherwise, you know, nobody would ever let, you know, a Trey Smith go to the fifth, fall to the fifth round, uh, health issues aside, right? So uh, that's what's beautiful about the NFL, and I think the Chiefs have really embraced that with the way that they've, uh, you know, structured their um, their pursuit of draft capital and, and trying to fill this roster out with, uh, with uh, cost-effective players on rookie deals as they move forward so so yeah that's it for the Chiefs today um if you'd like to check out some more I did uh post some clips of the magician that is Patrick Mahomes over on my sub stack and talk just a little bit about you know what it is that makes him the best quarterback in the NFL because you know Josh Allen and Justin Herbert a little faster a little stronger Aaron Rodgers is ridiculous you know Mahomes he, he does everything those guys do but then you know I throw on some of the stuff that he does that just takes it to kind of a different level so as always uh thanks for tuning in to Scoop Steve Football if you can't tell I love talking NFL and if you enjoy listening listening so much the better hope you all have a great summer day